カハンニャハラミタシンギョウ Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So I did just return from Japan, as some of you know, at the request of my Japanese teacher. He asked me to come to, come to Japan about a month and a half ago in September. And I was like, well, it's not in my mind. I was like, that's not very convenient. <laughs> But okay. Some things are better just to keep in your own mind. Just make it happen. And he really wanted me to experience the training and, in particular, the, to experience the two teachers that were very important to him when he trained at AHG. Who now run a very amazing monastery in Nagasaki. And every day we so much learn. But I think in some ways I feel like. What was most important was what he wanted me to understand is that what does it mean to be a student? And what does it mean to have a teacher? He said, I feel that there's a, often a misunderstanding of what that is. What does it mean to actually sit Tongario, which we also have? And for me, he is someone who teaches through doing more than by <clears throat> what he says. So I arrived at his temple. And then the next day, we drove two hours to the airport. Took a two hour flight to Nagasaki, which he had arranged everything. And brought me to then to the temple, the airport in Nagasaki is quite far from the town, the city. And by the time we got to the monastery, he introduced me to the teachers and the, some of the monks and then said goodbye. And took the hour trip back to the airport to wait for the plane to drive back to his home. Because he had memorial services and funerals to take care of. 
to the end of my time there, he returned again that same morning to our trip. Drive to our airplane, one hour taxi to pick me up. Just to say thank you. He was maybe at the monastery for 10 minutes and to bring me back to it. In some ways, that is the model, one of the most inspiring parts of my life. The generosity, deep generosity, without even blinking an eye. You just do. When I arrived at the monastery, there was a, uh, the rooms are with Soji screen, so basically everyone is in the same room except by a paper screen. Intimate. In the next room, there was someone sitting Tungario, and there they sit for Tungario for five days. So this one monk sitting alone in the room for five days. Here, some people will say, like, wow, I just said a whole day. <laughs> and the meaning of practice and verification of Joshoji, which is a text that is often studied in Zen monasteries and as Kojima Roshi brought here, maybe up here. The meaning and practice of verification of Tangario is that you are agreeing to actually listen to your teacher, to actually receive, and to put down your thoughts and feelings so that you can actually receive something. That it doesn't really matter what you feel about it. Because throughout the day, the monks are corrected constantly. They're there for training. It turns out in training, it's good to get teaching. Some people thought it was kind of, you feel how some people are still wincing at being corrected. But in some ways, it was very beautiful to see the people who just received, just received, and learn. And the people who were defensive ended up being corrected all the time because they weren't really learning. They were just defending. So interesting how we are. The beginning, so actually the whole time we were there, so in the in the morning, the whole time I was there, I was being treated very, very well as a guest, meaning that I was allowed to practice with the monks, the other monks. And 
in the Zendo, there's a, which is, this temple, first of all, was destroyed 78 years ago and was just finally rebuilt and reopened one week before I arrived. So the Soto, which is the Zendo where the monks also sleep, has two spaces. One is where the monks sleep and practice, and one which is called a Gaitan, which is very traditional, and it's people who have not sat on garden. So you're in actually a separate place. Very clearly. So I was alone on the Gaitan for the week that I was there. Clearly welcome. It was interesting to notice, you know, habit mind of like, ooh, well, I'm not included in Ever have that feeling? <laughs> it was just so interesting just to see it, just like, oh, look at that. And it was actually completely not true. If I had decided to stay in Sitangari, I would be completely welcome. It was my decision. It's so easy, often we blame others for our feeling of inclusion or exclusion. Anyone ever? So it was very interesting to notice that. So we would get up at 3.30 in the morning and in the Zendo 15 minutes later, The periods of zazen are 40 minutes, and then kinhin, and then 40 minutes, and then ceremony. And back in the zendo, to recite your own personal lineage, because most of the people who are training there don't come from that temple's lineage. They really honor that. And then you go back into the Hato, which is the Dharma Hall, to receive a teaching from Dogen and a Dharma talk, short Dharma talk from one of the two teachers. So we were reading Shoshoji when I was there. In the beginning line says, the most important issue for all Buddhists is the thorough clarification of the meaning of birth and death. The most important issue for all Buddhists is the thorough clarification of the meaning of birth and death. You know, in Nagasaki at that time, it was also 95 degrees, 90% humidity, which you could say is hot. And we were doing so many, in the ceremony, when people think we do a lot of bowing, they, they do a lot of bowing. 
people are just, they're just really wet. You're just really wet. Your clothes are really wet. Your whole body is drenched. Clarifying the meaning of birth and death just to like die to that. So again, if you're looking for like, oh, it's not comfortable, it's too hot, it's too humid, you're going to be very miserable. But if you realize it's just, it's just the way it is. It was actually delightful. It's like, wow, I'm so wet. And one morning it was 90 degrees instead of 95. I felt so cool. <laughs> Someone even remarked, like, oh, the cool breeze. Hmm. And the monastery schedule is on this six day schedule, and so they. That's their week, and it's Hosan to Hosan, a day with a four and a nine, the day that monks shave, monks and nuns shave. And that's the day where it's kind of like your day off. So you wake up at 4.30, which felt very luxurious, instead of 3.30. And in the afternoon, you have two hours off. So what then you have to shake during that time. And there's not really a moment where you're just like hanging in. Always something to do. And it's designed like a session schedule in a very different way, but it's to really make sure that you are nowhere else. The abbot of the temple is an amazing teacher. Who Kojima Roshi wanted me to watch very carefully was as I did, but he was gone for four of the days we had a meeting at Aheji. And uh, the, the sending off of the teacher was just as meaningful as his arrival. That what does it mean to be a student? Like everyone would go out into the courtyard and send him off. And when everyone knew he was arriving, we'd all go out and greet him. Making the effort. So beautiful. The most important issue for all Buddhists is the thorough clarification of the meaning of birth and death. There is nothing else. So what we think is important, often it's taking us away from where we actually are and the relationships we're actually engaged in. And how do we meet those relationships as they are? Later in this text, it says, simply understand that birth and death 
are indeed themselves nirvana. There is no birth or death to be hated. nor nirvana to be desired. How's that go? Anyone desire for a different situation? Just one person. Now a few more. The rest of we are liars. No. Oh boy. It is so important to put down your preferences. That's what we can, I mean, I often speak about this, but it was so crystal clear in this monastery that if you were attached to any preference, you'd really be miserable. And I saw that out. One particular monk who had come there and actually quit his job and like and he did the whole thing to be there. He was so unhappy. That happens here too. People will come here and they commit to something and they're so unhappy. It's not quite right. But it's exactly those moments that can actually experience freedom. That we can actually meet that difficulty without enacting the difficulty. To meet the difficulty, you're like, wow, look at me doing the same thing over and over everywhere in my life. And I have an opportunity now to do something new. There's no birth and death to be hated. No nirvana to be desired. At Kotaiji, which is the name of the monastery, our main activity as monks was the taking care of the temple. So a lot of Salma. I was on the Hatha team, so I was doing cheating work, but there are so many altars. So many huge. And so this like endless, there's, you could never finish. So wonderful. And the other main part of what the monks do is take care of the community. 
their memorial services throughout the day, funerals, both in the temple and outside. Just doing, just taking care. master this problem, Logan says, is of supreme importance. The problem of our self-cleaning mind that doesn't allow us to actually move birth and death in nature. But we don't allow things to let go. Any place we're tight and to me, the beauty of being in a monastery is that you really see how clearly when one person's tight, it ripples through the whole place. So clear. We see that here too. But somehow, like when you're together 24 7, sleeping together and eating every meal together, it's just extremely clear. So to master that, to meet that fully, is so important. To make the effort to do things differently. To meet how tight we are. And learning how to attend to what needs attending. And just so that you clear picture. So Kotaiji also has a, this is very common and this is the model really for our Zen center. Most Japanese temples have a, a school attached. So in the middle of this beautiful temple is a kindergarten <laughs> with a slide and you know, the, and the kids are like screaming and laughing. So you're in the zendo or like sweating like crazy cleaning. You just hear laughing. Sometimes crying, some falls. So wonderful. In the midst of it all. Jodo and I were also experienced a temple like that, which really became a model for us. Or there was a kindergarten. Some, some of them had dentist's office or doctor's office. And here we have a school or chaplaincy or sort of Zen Buddhism. But the key part is really learning how to know what's really important. How to put it down? How do you make a bit more effort 
to not what you think or feel, but what is, serves the whole. Oh, so the other part was that the very interesting, I think that is very helpful, is that actually the Tangara could be three days or it could be seven days. So it depends on, they kind of let the person out sometimes and see how they function in the group. They come to a meal, come to some. And they're watched and seeing like how harmonious are they. And until they kind of come and are just like milk and water together, they stay in temporary. So it's such a, to me, it was such a beautiful, and you know, some people are like, oh, that's rough, but like, that's so beautiful to show that as like the main value so that we're going to say like, wow, how harmonious am I? How am I taking care of the whole? How are my actions and my words creating harmony? Like that is the most valued quality. Not doing it right. Because everyone pretty much was corrected all the time. So like being right was not valued, harmony is valued. Knowing how to bow is how, in your mind, just, just to receive is valued. To me, it's quite wonderful to really reflect on effort and harmony. How much effort are you putting the right amount of effort in? Working with your thoughts and your opinions about how things are going. How important is that? How important does it need to be? And how are you relating to harmony of the whole? To me, it's such a wonderful question. How can I do a bit more effort into effort itself and harmony? Not being attached to what that looks like because it will look different for each of us. But what could that look like? A bit more. Because the moment we have an idea of what it looks like, then we're really lost. There's not much freshness. It's very fun, you know, it's, they're quite strict there, and uh, they're known to be quite strict, and so it was very fun. So like the last night before I left, they had a big party for sake, 
chicken. <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> but it was so wonderful because they also felt like that that is a very important part of and the way they heard it is actually everyone sits at the same table that we sit at for Orioki. And basically it's the same structure. Except there's a lot of just expressive joy and there's a moment where the very clear hierarchy is a little soft. And the two, you know, abbots are just like, you know, having so much fun. So to me, that's also part of effort and harmony. So I just wanted to bring that in too, just to remember that it's not just about it's also about joy. So important. And how do we appreciate, like, wow, you were here for the time you were here, and now you're going away, and we're going to send you off. How do we honor beginnings and endings? With joy. So much to reflect on. So let's not forget the great matter of birth and death. Moment by moment. Harmony and effort.